Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show this week with Dr. Brian Forrest. And Dr. Forrest, you have a special guest you'll be introducing soon. If people want more information about today's show or they want to find out information about your practice, where can they find it? If listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also send an email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com with their contact information. Uh, make sure you include that so we can thank you for the questions you send us. And if you'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, you can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or you can call 919-363-0190. This week on Access Health Radio, we're pleased again to have audio prostologist Victoria Bratan back again from Down East Hearing Care Associates. And Victoria, what will you be discussing today? Today, I think it's critical that we speak about hearing instruments and the care of your hearing instrument, especially during this time of the year. Because if you don't take care of them, they don't work properly? That is correct. Yes, sir. Um, not just wax being an enemy to your hearing instrument, moisture is also an enemy to your instrument. So it can corrode some of the components inside? Yes, sir. Your battery contacts and cause corrosion there, cause issues with your receiver, which is what actually gives you the information from your product, and cause issues within your microphone. And for some patients, they can sweat the instrument out and end up having problems with their circuits. So it's very important that you keep your instrument in some type of dry uh, case or some type of dry prevention. So I'm just thinking the bathroom is probably the worst place to hope put your, your hearing Yes, sir, instrument. that is correct. Yeah. The bathroom or either the kitchen, these are areas where moisture is generated, so you do not want to leave them in those areas. And what about high humidity that we've been having? That can be a culprit. Yes, sir, and that's what I was meaning by this time of the year with the humidity being so high, people are actually sweating their hearing instruments out, especially if you have a hearing instrument over the ear. You're getting saturation from the hair. You're getting saturation from it, the inside of the ear canal also. So from both ends. So it's causing problems with receivers and microphones and kicking the hearing instruments off. So patients are coming in, oh, my hearing aid's not working today. And they come in, we vacuum the instrument out, get it dry. And oh, then so you the can do can, some maintenance on Yes, it. we can. Okay. Yes, sir, we can. But there's things that you need to do on a regular basis at home. Okay, if like you do what? not have a dry kit for your hearing instrument or electric dry kit to dry the instrument out, you can do something that's very, very simple. Get you a, a jar that you can put your hand down inside of. Make sure you don't get a cot in there. Put you some rice in the bottom, uncooked rice in the bottom of that jar, probably just not even an inch thick. And then you're going to lay some tissue along the top of that to keep from any dust from that um, rice from getting into your product. But when you lay your instruments in there at nighttime with your batteries out, you do not want to leave the batteries in there. And you screw the lid onto that to that jar and leave it sitting overnight. And the next day, the moisture should be drawn from your instruments. Is this something they could void a warranty that they have on the manufacturer? Uh, no, this would not void a warranty. Okay. This would be something that we would actually encourage so the instruments more in the patients here and not in the office. Okay. All right. Uh, any other things that, uh, as far as maintenance is concerned? On a regular basis, you should clean your hearing instrument, uh, preferably in the morning times, not at night. At night, during the day, you sweat, you get hot, the wax gets really gooey and wet, and then it gets into the end of the instrument. You take it out, and then you try to wipe it off, and it ends up down inside of the receiver of your product. If you wait overnight and let it become dry, it'll become brittle when you brush 
brush it. So when you go to wipe it off, it'll just come right off of the hearing instrument. So one of the main things that we look at is make sure that you have a cleaning tool for your product. Now, a tissue does well just wiping something off the surface, mm. but on the tip of that product, when it goes inside of your ear where the receiver end is, you want to make sure that stays clean of any debris. So a dry toothbrush, something you can designate strictly for your product, is a perfect little tool. And you take the tip of that product, you turn it downward, and then you brush the, ele- the underbelly of that receiver and get all that debris out of the receiver. Let's say somebody out there has had their hearing aid for uh, five years or more. Uh, do they degrade as they go along? Is it something that uh, you can m- maybe make it more efficient? If you come in on a regular basis, and I would say about every three to four months and have your instruments professional cleaned, mm-hmm. your product can last you good eight to ten years. Mm. But if you wait for that product to go out before you actually go in to get any type of service on the instrument, there's a good chance that your, your instrument's not going to last you very long. Even the material of the product's going to eventually just break down because you're not giving it any type of service. I wonder, have you, you probably have all kinds of stories, but... Uh, Do you have situations where someone was vacationing and didn't realize that the hearing aids were in their ears and they jumped in the swimming pool? Oh, yes. That's happened quite a few times, actually. Um, I've had a couple of patients actually do a rescue. Uh, They've gone out over here to actually to the lake, uh, Jordan Lake, Mm -hmm. and someone's boat had broke down. And they went to tow the vehicle. So when they went up to hook up to the vehicle, the man actually fell overboard trying to hook up the other boat to their boat. And he had his hearing instruments in. So the first thing he did, which we talk and we counsel with our patients, but the first thing he did is he opened his battery doors on his instruments. He got them out of his ears immediately and got them into a safe place. Mm -hmm. And then he brought the product into the office, and then we draw the moisture out of those hearing instruments for him, and then he was able to use them again. But we encourage our patients. If you ever get in the shower with them on, if you ever get them wet, take take them out immediately. Take the batteries out immediately. Don't even try to mess with them. Just bring them on in. Let us do what we need to do on our end to salvage the product for them. But say he had ignored that and um, he would have fried two, his two or three days. Uh, <laughs> if what can you do? I mean, you do have a part of Downey's Hearing Care uh, with your urgent care part. Is that something that someone if they're in a, a situation over the weekend and something happens, they can they can go there. If they fry their circuit, I cannot fix that in the office. Okay. That needs to go to the manufacturer. But if they do as quickly as this man did is by getting the batteries out of that product, then there's a good chance that I can salvage. I can clean that up, get all the moisture out of the product, and be able to use it again without having to send it in to be replaced. All right. So the, you, you can salvage things. Don't throw them away. But if... It gets into a situation where a lot of dampness has uh, uh, come on your hearing instrument. Uh, take care of it as soon as you can. As soon as you can, immediately. All right. Well, we are tuned on uh, this weekend with uh, Access Health Radio with Downey's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care. we got audioprostologist Victoria Patain with us, and uh, you can uh, visit her at the office. You're a busy lady during the week. Uh, you have two offices, uh, 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale and 1356 Bevenue Plaza in Rocky Mount. Reach them on the web at Downey's Hearing Care. Victoria will be back with more. This is Access Health Radio on News Radio 680 WPTF.
Welcome back to Access Health Radio. Victoria Patan is still with us, and you can uh, listen to Victoria the third Sunday of every month. We were just talking about people that unfortunately had ruined their hearing aid. Uh, you have had situations where people come in and say, my hearing aid is not working, Victoria. And what do you do? Well, first thing is we need to verify and validate if the hearing aid is working correctly or not. So there's ways that we can do that. One is when a patient first comes in and they get their product, we test that patient's hearing, and then we go in and set targets for their hearing instruments to give them the proper amplification. And it takes a little work to do that, but that prescription is actually saved into the system. So we can go back and pull that patient's prescription and verify what the prescription is supposed to be. And then we go ha- do an ANSI, which is American National S- Standard in- for Institute for hearing products or even instruments, period. Okay. And then we run an ANSI on the product. And then the ANSI tells us if that prescription is actually in that hearing instrument, meaning if it's supposed to run at 108.25 and it's running at 102, okay, then we know it's not the proper prescription. So we know something's wrong with the hearing instrument. So that's one of the first things we verify is there, is there something wrong with the aid? If there's nothing wrong with the aid, then we have to start looking at the patient. So we've had patients come in and say, something's wrong with this darn hearing aid. And you hadn't seen them in like maybe a year. Mm-hmm. You know, some people do that. And they'll say, something's wrong with this darn hearing aid. And they'll, they'll lay it down and we go to take the product and verify there's nothing wrong with the hearing instrument. And then we say, okay, now we need to start looking at you. So we have to take them into the other room, retest their hearing and verify, oh, yep, hearing has changed. So then we take them into the programming room and reprogram the product to their new loss, and boom, they're ready to rock and roll. They're just happy as they did when they first got their product. Hmm. So sometimes it's not the hearing aid. It's the patient. What's wrong with the patient? Another example, have a patient come in, my hearing instrument's not working. I put it in, I can't hear anything out of my hearing instrument. Well, then you verify there's nothing wrong with the hearing aid, but when you take the patient to the back, you verify they got a wax plug in their ear, and now the instrument's laying into that wax, and it can't make it through the wax. Hmm. So that's, that's an issue there that could be a problem. So we try to look at the overall picture with our patient, what is actually the issue? How long has it been a problem? And then we look at how do we correct that for that individual? The other issue, too, is what you pay for the instrument, right? I mean, certain instruments have more flexibility. Do, do some instruments have a better ability to make those changes? Yes, sir. You're absolutely correct. Uh, if you have a straight amplifier type of hearing instrument, it's just straight amplification. You really can't get in there and do anything to that product. If you have something that's programmable, or the artificial intelligent type of instrument, then you can go in and actually retest the person's hearing with their hearing instrument in their ear. It's called in sitsu testing. So instead of putting them in a booth or putting them in another chair and using the audiometer, you can actually use the chip within the circuit itself and actually retest the patient. So it makes it easy if I have to go home, go to the patient's home and do home service and the patient says, well, something's wrong with my hearing instrument. I'm not hearing well. And I check the instrument and the instrument's fine. Well, I can just retest the patient hearing right there in their house with their hearing instruments in their ears. It's called a screening. Mm. And then go back and retarget the instruments, which makes it easier for the patient. So I wouldn't be so quick to get rid of the hearing aid mm-hmm. when you think something's wrong with the hearing aid. I'd be more quick to verify, make sure there's nothing wrong with it, of course, but make sure there's nothing wrong with the patient 
that could be causing the issue that makes them think that there is an issue with their hearing aid. But there is a reason why there is higher cost in certain instruments than others, and, and you just pointed that out. Yeah, so, because of the flexibility. So, right. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about uh, just durability, uh, are, are, are some of them just have better parts? They're, they're just more durable? Well, yes, sir, it is. Um, if you look at the behind-the-ear products, the, they're, they are really meant to take the beating, take the abuse, because they're actually sitting outside of the ear. Uh, when you have something down inside the ear canal, then these shells may be a little thinner than what you would use for just an ear mold. So if you drop them, you can crack them. So we do advise our patients, you know, if you're going to be handling your instrument out of the ear, make sure you're over a table, you have a towel down on the table, mm-hmm. or you either have it in your lap and you're, you're maintaining it within your area. Um, don't get up, be moving around while you're trying to insert your product, because if you drop it on a hard floor, you could crack it. Mm-hmm. And we do have the ability to fix those things in the office. Give you an example. I had a patient come in today, and she had actually dropped her hearing aid and went to step, get up out of her chair, and she rolled over the top of her hearing aid. So I've had to put her hearing aid back together today for her because she had no type of warranty whatsoever. She was like, Victoria, and she was crying, Victoria, I've got cancer. I'm going in tomorrow to have surgery. I've got to be able to hear the doctor. I said, don't worry about it. If you would just go get something to eat and just come on back, I'll have you ready in about an hour. So I just went in and put the instrument back together for her. I gave it back to her, and she was like, this is my hearing aid. Yes, ma'am, it's your hearing aid. Um, it doesn't look like it. No, because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria's but super she glue. She was very happy. She was very happy. We have bonding materials, and we also have uh, plastic, liquid plastic that we use to fix these these products. So we can make it a showroom as it walks out the door. All right. Well, you are tuned to Access Health Radio. If you want to get in touch with Victoria, she's at Downey's Hearing Care Associates at Hearing Aid Urgent Care. Two offices, 3009 Village Park Drive, Nightdale, 1356 Benvenu Plaza in Rocky Mount. On the web at downeasthearingcare.com. We have another segment with you uh, coming up. You're tuned to Access Health Radio on News Radio 680 WPTF. How long has it been since you had your hearing checked? Ah, okay. Well, this is a a question I'm sure that you ask some of your clients, right, when they when they come in. Every form, every time they walk through the door. <laughs> <laughs> when is the last time you had your hearing tested? Yes, sir. Um, it's really important um, to have your hearing tested at least yearly. We have our eyes checked yearly. At least I do. Um, but the hearing is very important. If your hearing shifts, there's reasons for your hearing to shift. It's not normal for your hearing to move. If you have normal hearing, your hearing should remain normal. Really? People say, oh, I'm 70, 80 years old. I should have a hearing loss. No, not necessarily. Not unless you expose yourself to noise over a period of time or you've been taking medications. We call it otocet medications that will actually shift your hearing. So we do advise our patients be tested once a year. Um, you need to at least have your hearing tested once a year, if every two years, if you do not have a hearing impairment. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then if you have hearing instruments, you definitely want to make sure you're tested once a year. But you want to have your hearing instruments cleaned at least every three to four months. And that's to keep them performing where they need to be performing. Now, the hearing loss itself can happen from noise-induced. It can happen from trauma, like jumping from a boat, like I did last Monday, and caused some problems with my right ear. Oh, my. Um, oh, yeah, Who it takes happens. care of you? Me. <laughs> it is. It's getting better, but it happens. But I have to monitor my hearing, too. So I have my assistant actually test my hearing for me. But what we look at is the overall picture. Your thresholds of your hearing will actually tell us what's going on. If your medication is too strong, your hearing will shift very quickly with a flat response. Mm -hmm. So all frequencies will move very quickly. So then we know we need to send a report to your MD, your PA, to, to verify on their end what you're taking that could be shifting your hearing. Now, we can tell them what we think it is based on the medications that the patient actually provides to us but sometimes the patient doesn't tell us everything and but the physician does know this patient's history so we make sure that a report does get to their physician so they can assess what's best for that individual yeah let's talk about something else you say the biggest problem with a lot of folks it may take them five years to hit in the office and That's really correct. they should have been in there five years earlier and i'm wondering if people are actually kind of compensating and hurting themselves even more by turning up the volume of of their earphones and their TV sets. Yes, sir. Uh, is that a do. reality? Yes, sir. It is a reality. If a person has a hearing impairment and now they're turning the volume up higher in order to be able to hear, once they get to a certain threshold, which is about 84 dB, then they can start shifting that hearing again. And it's very easy to get yourself into that type of environment or even increase the volume on your headset or the television or your telephone trying to hear better. And then you're just causing more of a threshold shift. That's why it's important to have your hearing tested. And if you've never had your hearing tested before, an easy way to explain this, um, you have 30,000 hair cells inside of your inner ear. We cannot test all of them in a day. So we have to pick nine octaves or nine main areas of the ear, and we test those, those nine octaves. Then they tell us what's going on with the hearing, the threshold itself. Then we move from that point. So we look at testing, retesting, and then doing the comparison between the two to make sure that the baseline is still stable and that hearing doesn't actually shift. If you want to follow up with Victoria, you can do so at Downey's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care, 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale and 1356 Bevenue Plaza in Rocky Mount. On the web at downeasthearingcare.com and your email... Down East Hearing at yahoo.com. Okay. Victoria Patan has been with us from Down East Hearing Care Associates, and you can tune in every third Sunday of the month. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, today's trivia is a shock even to me. And, you know, when you think about all of the prescription medications that are out there and how many people have high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, ear infections, you know, strep throat, you would think that a medication for one of those conditions would be the most prescribed uh, medication in the state. You know, if I had to guess, I'd say probably a cholesterol medication was one of the most prescribed in the state or maybe a common antibiotic. Turns out that's incorrect. 
In fact, the most prescribed medication above all in our state is an opioid pain medication called hydrocodone. And this just helps to show us the opioid crisis is a real problem. Well, that concludes our show, and hopefully you will be able to use this information uh, to be a more informed healthcare consumer and keep your family safe as well. And our scripture this week is from Ephesians 5.18, New International Version. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.